Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, the FA Cup was an interesting one this weekend. One side still in it for non-league. Good old boring wood, as Trev would say. Welcome to episode 28 of the Premier Non-League Podcast. The Premier Non-League Podcast. It's been, uh, it, it was so close to being two teams in the FA Cup with Kidderminster Harriers getting screwed by West Ham twice in the last kicks of the uh, time, regulation time. It was a frustrating weekend for them, very uh, very frustrating. Uh, me and Pete were in the bar at Woodside Road with a West Ham fan who's also a Worthing fan and he was celebrating like he'd won the FA Cup and we're like, calm down mate, you've literally just equalised against Kidderminster Harriers mate. Um, and he was like, "Oh no, no, no!" But if that had been you, I was like, "I'd have just been few." That's a that's a that's a result. But um, it was a, it was an interesting match that one, and very uh, tough for Kinnemitz to Harriers. Anyway, we're all here tonight. Trev, how are you doing, mate? Oh yeah, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, and Gaz is here with his Wi-Fi, but it looks a bit jittery. So how long is it going to last? I think that answers the question. <laughs> 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 Pete's got floppy again, but not not the floppy he's used to. He's floppy, his headphones floppy tonight. And he's putting sellotape to his face now. Oh, Christ, Peter, you are right. <laughs> it's it worked. Yeah, <laughs> we're just trying to sellotape. Tape it all the way around your head, Pete. That'll yeah. work. Take it over your mouth as well. That's a crap. And, <laughs> and then Chris is here from up north. How are we doing, Chris? Very well indeed, thank you. Very good, very good. So, guys, another episode where we think... Just as non-league settling down, Barney have to go and stir the pot again, don't they, Trevor? Always, always. Well, <laughs> what's gone on there, Trent, Trevor? There's been uh, accusations of racism, boycotts of games, threatens to be sacked. What is going on in your ever so um, easy supporting life of a Barnet fan? That's a lovely little mess, isn't it? Lovely little mess. Yeah, it all started. It all started uh, a week ago, Saturday, at the Stockport game. Um, where we were, um, I was actually there with with one of my mates, and um, the game game stopped for about five five ten minutes, and we no one really knew what was going on. The referee had a got called over by his assistant on the very far side. Um, had a chat with him, and then he had a chat with the two skippers, then a chat with the fourth official, then a chat with the two managers, and then eventually play restarted. Then I think about fifteen minutes after, we had a message over the. Tannoy, you, you know, the one they read out that, you know, we don't condone any racist remarks and radi radi ra and and all that. And so it was about 15 minutes after the incident. And then um, after that, didn't think anything of it, really. Um, and then it imploded on Monday morning, big style. It did, didn't it? And um, for those that haven't seen, it imploded because it, it came out that, they were threatening to boycott the Tuesday night game in support of their captain. So the captain of Barnet is Jamie Turney. So he's he's 
or currently suspended as well from the club, yeah. as well as the player, uh, the member of staff that's made the accusation, uh, the, the accusation has been made against. Um, it just seems such a mess, and I can't even work out what's going on in my head and why, why, why this is all happening and why it's been such a big deal and why the players are because it's come out on some some reports that no racist comment was said, but now there's other ones that he's gone to, as you said in the chat, has gone to kick it out. And they've had kick it out representatives there. They've had the PFA representatives there. Something's gone on, but I can't work out what, why why it's being dragged through the mud so much. Um, I think there's a little bit um, the club trying to protect the person involved who's alleged to have made the comment itself. Um, I wasn't particularly impressed with the statements and the conclusion that they came to after the Saturday game. Um, I mean, I'm not being funny, but bar short of the referee abandoning the game, um, no other conclusion would have come out of Saturday, apart from the game finishing, which it did. Um, understandably, um, the player, Ryan Johnson, didn't didn't want to speak at the time after the game, which I can understand, um, and then subsequently reported it to the Kick It Out campaign afterwards. And, <clears throat> excuse me, when you read the statements that obviously Barnett put out, um, it sounded as if it was... Cut and, cut and dried on, on Saturday, it was dealt with. But then they also included in that statement that the Stockport player then did report it to the Kick It Out campaign. So if he was satisfied at the time when everything occurred at the Hive, that nothing was untoward was said, then why did he then go and report it afterwards? There, there's got to yeah. be something there to it. Yeah, I, what I found very strange, Trevor, was the fact that the police commander was involved and the initial statement said that the police have been spoken to and the police said there was nothing to to pursue. So yeah. that's, what, that's what I found very confusing. Yeah, because then the statement that came out later this week then said that the FA and the police are both um, handling their own independent investigation. Um, I say, I think, you know, and as, and, and, and as Gaz, who's, who's disappeared again, um, you know, would have backed up as well, there must be something there to answer. But again, far short of the referee abandoning the game on the Saturday and the police investigating there and then and saying there is no case or there is a case. Um, you know, it's just it's become a whole <clears throat> mess because I think the club could have suspended the um, alleged individual on the Sunday, as you would expect in a normal workplace for that to happen while the investigation is taking place. Had they done that, then we wouldn't have had the situation on Monday morning where um, Jamie Turley confronted our alleged <clears throat> perpetrator um, and from from what I've heard as well it was in a calm manner there was no aggression or anything like that there was no pushing no shoving or anything like that um, but then we've ended up short of, of Turley for two games and as far as I'm aware still today on the Monday as we record it's he's still suspended on full pay and we play again on the Tuesday evening away at Notts County Is there um... Turley, I know he's your captain, but is he uh, is he a key player for you? Yeah, yeah, he's he's yeah. won he's won the conference with um or the national league with Leighton Orient. Um, so mm -hmm. he's um he's, he he is a big player for us. Uh, the fact we've only got three proper centre halves now, anyway, um, he, he is a very big miss. And obviously, you know, he's your captain. The the rest of the players stood behind him on on Monday. Um, refused to train. Um, and the only. Only reason we we actually took to the field on on a Tuesday night away at South End was down to Dean Dean Brennan, our um, head of football, who's the interim manager as well, spending twenty hours in various meetings 
getting the players to agree to play. Um, there was no, <clears throat> there was never going to be a boycott of the Aldershot game. That was just pure media speculation. Um, the club held meetings throughout the rest of that week, um, and the boycott of against Aldershot the weekend was, was never ever going to happen. That was just the media trying to fuel a bit more to it as well. So, what do you think the outcome is going to be? Turley's going to go, or do you think he'll stay, or like what? What do you think is going to happen here? I know it's hard to say, but from your you know, knowledge of Barnet and, you know, maybe chatting to other fans and, you know, what, what how you think the club's been running the past over, you know, various <laughs> situations. From, um, from, from, from what I've, from what I've seen, what, what will happen with the alleged perpetrator is going to be dependent on what kick it out, come out with and, 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 and the police, I think with their investigation, same with the FA, you've probably got three separate investigations going in on one. Um, Turley, if as I've heard, as not, struck the member of staff or anything like that. He's just, you know, verbally said to him, you shouldn't be here. Um, he might end up with a final warning. I don't know. Might end up with a first warning. I really don't know. Might be cleared of absolutely everything. I don't know how many witnesses there were to, um, you know, to him. But he's obviously, he's highly thought of by the rest of his rest of his peers that they're all prepared to not take to the field against South End. Um, you know, literally in, in huge support of him. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those situations that you know you see the strong bond in the team. Has as how long has he been at the club for now? Turley signed in the summer. So um, signed in the summer. Yeah, I believe he's on a two-year deal, so he's not even half halfway mm. through halfway through his deal yet. It's not really what you want at, at this time of season, do you? Because you know they got a result at the weekend as well, didn't they? Yeah, brilliant result. Played very well away at Aldershot. Um, changed the formation actually, which they worked on. The well, to be honest, they hardly trained last week at all. Um, but I think it was Friday they Friday and, and late Thursday they decided to change formation and go with three at the back um, which considering you're missing one of your main centre-halves is um, you know not a bad <laughs> could, could have like backfired quite badly but um, but we were we were three nil up um, quite comfortably all the didn't score until stoppage time um, so um, no, it's a very big result but then um, you could tell South End on Tuesday night um you know, we were two down after about twenty minutes, but you could you could see the focus wasn't there. The focus from the players was was elsewhere because you know that it was almost as if they were playing under protest, I suppose, in a way. Yeah, but yeah. um they were you know, they weren't playing, you know, they were they were playing for Dean, they were playing for Dave Anderson, they were playing for the rest of the coaching staff and for us the supporters more than the well, club. Well, I know it's one thing that interested me is in the paper, Brennan came out and said that uh, we were behind Turley and it's like that's interesting being a sort of director of football at Barnet he's kind of almost I know he's got to keep the players on side but it's, I'm surprised he made such a sort of out and out statement there because you know should he be making those statements that we're all behind him or should he just be concentrating on football because obviously he's not the actual he's an interim manager but he's also the director of football so he's on the management committee I think the the thing was was that the press were reporting that it was a member of the coaching staff um, now, when I arrived at South End on Tuesday night, um, yeah. I, I had no idea what was going on. Um, only that uh, the the uh, the uh, teams come up and Turley wasn't in there, and I'd messaged my mate Nick, who I went with on Saturday, and went Turley's not in. So he sent me the link to the Mirror article. He said, if you read that, he said you'll find out why Turley's not not involved. So I read through that, and I was like, for God's sake! And of course, it hadn't actually named who it was. So I'm looking around the pitch and going. Dean's there, Dave's there, the goalkeeping coach is there, Gary Anderson, the fitness guy's there. That's our coaching staff. So who is that? 
So the guy himself is nothing to do whatsoever with the coaching side of it. So I think as well, Dean's frustration with the inaccuracy, the inaccuracy of the reporting that it was one of his team that actually made the remark when it wasn't, it was a member of the site team at the Hive. Um, you know, and the fact he'd lost Turley because the situation could have been resolved on the Sunday. Um, the chairman was aware of what was going on on the Sunday. What happened Monday didn't need to happen. Um, so I think his frustration in that is quite understandable. Well, it's going to be interesting, as it always is with Barnet. If ain't one thing, it's another thing. Uh, there's always something that's going on at your club that uh, always know, keeps us entertained. Keeps keeps on... some sort. Of, I guess it keeps us on the air and your blog alive, to be honest, Barnet. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's um, you know, I, it's the sort of thing that you don't want to be writing about. It no. it, it brought the wrong attention to the club, um, yeah. you know. And yeah, while it's been great, my figures have just been stupid this week. They really have. There you go. Plug for the blog there. Footballwriting.blog, the official sponsor of the PNLP. <laughs> it certainly is as well. What while we're on the topic though of of of, of racism, um, the weekend's been nothing short of, of horrendous. Um yeah, there's been some more accusations made, haven't there? There's yeah, there's been a few. Um obviously the Manchester United player, what is his name? Anthony Il- Ilanga, I think it is Gaz, is that right? Yeah, um, he picked up some online abuse on Friday evening after um, after missing the penalty that that sent Manchester United out of the cup. Oh, of course and... he did, mate. It's 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 just this is England for you. I mean, it's just like we said in the Euros, in the summer, in the final. I knew straight away. I said to my wife, I said, you know what? I can guarantee you, I'll go on Twitter now. And because of the colour of the skin of the three England players that missed the penalty, there's going to be so plenty of abuse. If it had been if it had been white. There'd been no sort of mention of their skin colour or anything like that. Mm. But because they're black, they do it straight away. And there you go. They missed the penalty. Oh, easiest target. Let's call him the N-word or something like that, which is just so unacceptable still but in this day and age. But it didn't stop with that one, though. Saturday, Leighton Orient put a statement out saying one of their supporters had been arrested after the game uh, with an alleged racist remark directed at a Colchester player as well. And then yesterday, someone directed me to... Um, a tweet made by a Mansfield fan replying to a tweet on the official Chesterfield post and not even in the same division um, for when Kabongo to Shimanga scored one of his goals on the, on the weekend with a racist comment followed by a monkey emoji. You just think in seven days, that's four different, two are alleged, but two, you know, are online. They put themselves straight out there without even trying to, you know, um, disguise anything. And, you, and you, yeah. you sort of think, like we said, back to the Euros and that. We had it all then. But we don't seem to have had anything really come to light for the last, what, however many months now? Six, seven, maybe eight. And then all of a sudden, I'm seeing four in the space of a week. It's just ridiculous. Happened though. Friday was when they were charged, isn't it? There's a couple of guys who were... Um, who were... <clears throat> they were... <sighs> So we'd, oh, I can't think of the word. It works out. Convicted. <laughs> Say again? They were convicted. Sorry. They were convicted on Friday. There was a guy local to us from East Preston. There's another guy from up north somewhere who all convicted. Really? Of, yeah. There's a guy from East Preston. Sleepy East Preston. <laughs> yeah. But he was found guilty and char- um, of racist tweets after the England final. I mean, football's just um, becoming a soap, dra- soap drama right now. You know, you've got Mason Greenwood 
who I hope never plays football again, mm. let alone has any sort of role in football in Celebrity Eye. I hope he ends up, I mean, cleaning up toilets isn't good enough for him, in my opinion. He, he deserves to be, you know, locked up and That's anyway, we won't get into that. But hey, and then you've got all of this going on. Um, it's just becoming a joke again, isn't it? And, you know, what, what can be done? What can be done? You know, we look back at the thing, social media, do you think Big Brother's watching, but you need to approve your ID or, you know, to set up an account, you need to have some sort of verification. But will that still stop people? I don't think yeah, I think I think the good thing is that now is pe- people are actually being caught and charged for their comments. Mm. And there, there's, there seems to be a, a lot more accountability now. And That's obviously the, the sensible fans around the ground will call people out and mm. they'll point the stewards or the police in the direction of them. Mm-hmm. So I think... That's because in, in, in the past, you never heard of people being charged with it or anything. No. And I think you're hearing about that a lot a lot more now. So, no. you know, and these these idiots, we don't want them at football, number one. No. And, and number two, if they're that stupid, that stupid, then they deserve to have a prison sentence or something. Yeah, I quite agree. Quite agree. I mean, I say it's been lovely for my figures and everything, but I can't remember. I'm sure there's something, I'm sure there's something last year as well. I can't remember what I wrote about and it was... It, it was, again, another one of those topics that you don't want to be writing about. You know it's going to get you a massive great amount of, like, you know, figures and, and views and whatever, but, you know, it's the football you want to be concentrating on, not not what's, you know, not what's driving that. But yeah. hopefully, you know, it's, 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 a one-off, it's, a, it's a one-off week this season where, I don't know, it's almost, it's everyone's trying to let steam off in the wrong flipping way. Yeah. But at the same time, Trevor, the National League's very exciting at the top, isn't it? Yeah, massive game tomorrow evening. Stockport play Chesterfield. Absolutely huge. First against second. Um, you know, I'm, I'm uh, you know, both sides won at the weekend. Um, Chesterfield, obviously, without James Rowe at the moment. Now he's now he's gone uh, as well. So um, uh, which way which way you want to call that? I don't know because I think Stockport now have put 10, 10 successive wins together. I think put themselves top of the table. Um, and it's at Edgley Park tomorrow as well. Um, they've not let many goals in either, um, Stockport, in that 10-game run. So, um, which way that one goes tomorrow night. Um, and then on the other side of it, you've got, um, obviously, Boreham Woody have, are having a fantastic cup run. They've got games in hand that could quite comfortably yeah, push, the title, yeah, push the title into their hands as well. But, you can't rule out Halifax. You can't rule out Bromley. Um, you know, ev- everything in that, you know, top seven is just so tight. And you've got Notts County just sitting on the outside with a couple of games in hand that, you know, can easily, um, you know, can easily go ahead and, you know, crack onto it as well. Grimsby won't think they're finished. Dagenham won't think they're finished. It's, um, you know, difficult. So, National League, Trevor, you uh, are you quite happy with the way Barnet are at the moment, or are you? Uh, do you think it's still going to be mid-table mediocrity this season? Yeah, just mid-table. But as yeah. long as we're not touching those, not not touching those bottom three yeah. places, which I don't think we will be. Um, Kingsland beat Weymouth Saturday, um, which pushes Weymouth a bit more into it as well. Um, I saw some Kingsland fans the Friday before when I was up at Wroxham. Um, and I did ask them, I said, you know, if you, do you think you, you, you'll get out of it, you'll stay up? They weren't that confident because they lack a goal scorer. 
Um, sim- simple as that. And I know uh, Tommy Whittington and Hugo Langton, they're up there at the moment, that are on a contract till the end of the season, but will be renewed if they stay up. So, um, Sam is South they be National North or National South? Who? If they go Because they're right on the border, Kings Lynn. Kings Lynn, they normally country. go to the North. Is it North? Yeah, I yeah, thought so. Yeah, will go to the South. And then yeah. you've got Weymouth as well. So, yeah, they'll south, go yeah. North. Um, and, I mean, Dover are gone. Uh, South End are in some cracking form at the moment. Are Dover um, actually relegated now? No, not yet. Well, it's good. It's good. Happen, isn't it? but, I mean, they've yeah. only beaten Eastleigh, haven't they, this year? They're still on minus five, I think. And I yeah. think Kings Lynn are on about something 18 like point gap about 18, yeah. So, yeah. Um, Kings yeah. Lynn are on 14. Kings Lynn also have three games in hand on Dover as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Do- I think Dover probably want to just call their season quits now, don't they? <laughs> Which is like, yeah. can we not just end it? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a nothing season for them, and it's absolutely yeah. wasted. Um, and just as we thought as Worthing fans, we might be getting rid of those long journeys down to Kent if we do get promoted. Uh, be a Dover one, we'll be replacing Folkestone this year. Yeah, Margate and all that lot. But um, just going back to National League, James Rowe has finally, uh, we talked about him on the last podcast about uh, his misconduct. Uh, Trevor, you probably said things that we don't really want to repeat on air uh, to get ourselves in a libel case. Uh, but there has been rumours around the uh, sort of social media realms of Twitter saying things that what's happened and why the reasons he might have been suspended but he has been gone they haven't put out any statements for the reason why apart from just misconduct do you think that's going to hamper their promotion chances um I thought it might but they've done all right in without him in his absence I think Danny Webb's won both both his two games in caretaker charge um who's who, who steps in now I think is, the, is crucial for them a lot of their fans... Will it be a permanent thing or will it be sort of a temporary thing to you think? To yeah, no, a lot of their fans want Paul Cook to come back who had a good spell, not yeah. only as a player, but previously as Chesterfield manager. But um, again, you know, the level that the, the, the National League's at at the moment, you know, you can see what Phil Brown couldn't do at um, South End. Yeah. And who else? Is, I'm sure there's one other. I can't think of his name at the moment. But again, you've, you've got to be in tune with that level and you've got to be in tune with it now in, in 2022 not what it was like when you were there back in, you know, whenever it was. Um, so I don't know whether that would be a good move or not, but they've got <clears throat> they've got a squad good enough to go up. And as I was mentioning earlier to Pete, when you, when you disappeared, they play Stockport tomorrow night, first against second. Um, and obviously Stockport, I think now we're on 10, 10 unbeaten mm-hmm. or 10 consecutive wins in a row, something like that. Um, I couldn't call which way it's going to go tomorrow night. You know, I really can't. It's going to be, it's going to be close. I mean, I've I've tipped Chesterfield all the way through, just literally because the signing of um, of Tishy Manga, you know, goals win you titles. Yeah. Um, and while Stockport do shed airs around a little bit, um, that was the reason I plumped for them. Whether whether the row thing is going to knock them off their stride a little bit, I really don't know. I really don't know. But it should be a cracking game between the pair of them tomorrow night. Yeah. And talking about cracking games, we can go National League. Um, Trevor's, as I said, his favourite team, Boreham Wood. Boring Wood, as he likes to call them. No offence to Boreham Wood fans, but I think that's the rivalry he's got as a Barnet fan. But to be fair, I know even you said, Trevor, tip your hat off to them. They beat Bournemouth 1-0 in the FA Cup yesterday. I didn't manage to watch the game, but was it a good game? Uh, standard Boreham Wood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once they get in front, they're very trust. hard to score against. Very hard. They keep a lot of clean sheets. They don't let a lot of goals in, you know, and they really do. They really do defend well. And I mean, I think the last, the last ten minutes, Bournemouth really did chuck the kitchen sink. Yeah. Um, they really did. 
Um, but um, no, they defended really well. They deserved it um, as much as um, as much as their whatever it was fifteen hundred um, fifteen hundred fans that were there on last night. Be down to four hundred on um, yeah. Saturday when they're back in the national league. And the draw hasn't been made just yet, has it? Is it? Yeah, it has. Yeah, it has. Who they've got? Everton away. Ooh. Yeah. I mean that. You know, well, Everton. Well, Frank Lampard and the bounce, the new manager bank bounce back ability, but it could be another. Could they be into round six? Come a couple of few weeks time, months time. You never know. But fair play to them. They'll they'll play the same though. Whoever they're up against, they'll be exactly yeah. the same. They you know they know each other inside out and. Um, the thing is, they ain't pretty to watch. I mean, when we yeah. played them back in January at their place, they were unbeaten at home. Um, we matched them rather than played our own game, held them to a nil-nil draw. I, I didn't like it because we didn't play our game. We yeah. were more concerned about what they were about rather than what we were about. And it was it was a turgid game to watch. First one mm. of 2022, it really was hard work. Yeah. Um not what but, you want. You want a lively one, don't yeah, you? A little bit, yeah. You know, but it's a local derby and you, and you look at the other side of it, they haven't lost at home. You've stopped some scoring, you've got a point and they were second in the league at the time. You you take it, but I go to football games to be entertained, not to, um, you know, not to watch, you know, I want you to outwit the opposition, not, not, not try and be them because, you know, we yeah. aren't them. Simple as that. Yeah. And and shooting yourselves up north before we touched on Chris and uh, what's going on in Northern Premier, you've got to be happy about Kidderminster Harriers. You know, <laughs> you got to feel so gutted. We did touch on it right at the beginning of the podcast, but to to literally be so close, literally a minute away to like win and beat West Ham, who are po- they're playing so well in the Premier League right now. West Ham, I think they're fifth at the moment or something. Yeah. Um, to to then go and literally do that and uh, we were watching their bar weren't we uh, Pete and you know they were playing awful West Ham God they were just throwing everything and I thought all they had to do was hold on for that long and then it happened again in injury time it was going to go to penalty extra time it was going to go to penalties and they scored right at the end again you've got to feel sorry but also if I was a kid of Minster fan feel very proud of the team absolutely fantastic it's just for me it's just just great for non-league I hope that this season has kind of has reminded football people that there is football outside of the Premier League. Um, for for far too long, it's 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 been Premier League, Premier League, Premier League, or Championship. But there's a lot of good football around the country, and and what what Kidderminster and Boreham would have done have kind of reminded people that there's there is there is other football out there, you know, and and also. You know, you've got to. It, it's it's given those two clubs in particular huge financial um, bonuses. Um, Darren Tinmouth, who's a Shields fan, is quite a good statue for us. He um, he put on our on our chat group last night. I, I think something in in the region of four hundred and sixty five thousand pounds is what Boreham Wood um, will be getting now out of their cup run. Uh, that will that will increase hugely if, which as they should be, if they are on television in the next round. I think how much that can do for a non-league club. <laughs> we we look at it, the budgets. I mean, if if the way it's going next season, they could be smashing that, that league to much to Trevor's yeah. dismay. 
with that money they're well, making. They can still get promoted this season, so could Kidderminster. So you know, with a half a million pound in the bank, you know, mm. what is what a start to a new campaign that is. Yeah, yeah it is indeed. Absolutely. It is indeed. So we are north now with Kidderminster. <laughs> um, Ashiel's getting promoted. It's a question every week. Mm. Shields will win the league, yes. Okay, okay. So what, what, what's made it even more cemented? Is it the Kevin Phillips uh, effect still there? Yeah, um, much more energy. We were at Buxton on Saturday. Um, yeah. Previous week, we were supposed to play top of the table, Matlock. Unfortunately, storm damage um, had to put, put, uh, put paid to the game, had to be postponed. There was storm damage at the ground. Not, not huge, but enough. And it would have been a farce of a game of football anyway in those wins. You're talking 60-mile-an-hour wins. So, um, and also, I mean, there was a 3,000 crowd expected, which was a, a, a shame, but um, safety first. And then we go to Buxton, who were a, a position below us in the league on Saturday. And um, again, in atrocious condition, atrocious. Um, the, the, the two teams put on a reasonable display. It was a bit of a farce at times when the wind really took hold, but... Um, Two top of the table sides going head to head and Shields they ended up 2-2. Shields could count themselves slightly unfortunate. Um, but the conditions, I mean, Jordan Hunter, who made his first first start for Shields in September, said it was the worst conditions he'd ever played football in in his life. It was horrific. It just rained constantly. The wind was um awful. But and so fair play to the teams. Um Thankf- I mean, thankfully, I'm, I'm not a fan of them, but it was on a, a 4G surface. So the ball did zip around, sometimes a little bit too much, but at least the game was played where there was about three games postponed at the last minute because of the rain. So, yes, Shields, I'm happy with the way Shields are at the moment. Um, the Phillips effect is still there. There's a bit more energy. Players are playing with a smile on their face. And... Um, with Jordan Hunter being back, players are playing in the right positions. So um, I'm fairly confident that um, we'll do it now. We've got a massive game tomorrow night, Tuesday night, local derby against rivals Morpeth Town. So that that's a massive three points there. It's a huge, huge kickstart. So um, really mouthwatering game tomorrow. I watched um, the highlights, Chris, and I yeah. thought... Your, your second goal was when their defender put ball out for a corner when his goalkeeper's right behind him shouting for it. So that was a bit of luck. Their first equaliser, um, we, we, we gave away a corner unnecessarily and then they scored from the corner. Look, the ball might not have crossed the line, by the way. It's a contentious one. But anyway, the goal was given. And, um, and then they gave that corner away needlessly. And I said on commentary to Ronnie, you know, there's another corner. Who knows what might happen here? And Jack Bodenham's finish. What a finish, Peter. Yeah, it wasn't bad. And then I watched Kevin Phillips' highlights, and I think the wind had an effect on his hair as well. <laughs> With that quick. The back of it looked like a little bit of a Bobby Charlton at the back. <laughs> there, was, there was something going on down the side where he's got it shaved. It was like, what's going on there? I mean, it was his hair, but to, the, to someone just looking in very quickly, it looked like it could have been hair dye running, like a Rudy Giuliani kind of thing running down. Yeah. So have you have you managed to uh, black an appearance on here yet? Early days. Um, early uh, so days. he hasn't asked, has he? Basically, 
but I haven't really had a chance. I'm not going to go. Always an excuse. Always an excuse. To most Pete would do that at Worthing, so you know. No. Nice and steady wins the race. There we go. End of season special, then. Yeah, we've got. Yeah. Promotion special. We could. We could. I mean, ideally, we'd like to get him on the Mariners podcast. Um, what is access like that for you though? Like with even with the old manager, because obviously with our Rebel Yield podcast, we've got access to the pretty much the whole club, mm. and Adam mm. always sits down with us, any of the coaching yeah. stuff. But has yeah. Kevin has Kevin managed to get down with you yet, or is it a bit different now that you've got, got a big name in charge? No, um, Dan Prince, our media manager, he's already said to me, um, you know, if you want to get him involved, just just say the word. Um, so, no, do you class the Mariners podcast as an unofficial podcast? Sorry, is it is it an unofficial podcast or is it the official? It's not. It's ours. It's unofficial. Yeah. It's not a club podcast. It, yeah. It's um, it's just lads. Really, we get good support from the club, um, but it's ours, so we can criticize. Have an, yeah, have an opinion. Yeah, objectively, of course, never personally, um, but we get great support. And tomorrow night, um, commentary wise. Um, our midfielder, Callum Ross, who's currently injured, he's joining me in commentary alongside my brother, who's making his return from exile. So uh, we've got a good commentary team tomorrow night because Ronnie, Ronnie is going to the Newcastle-Everton game. Disgraceful. I would do that. That's going to be boring. Uh, it's, it's nice, it's nice uh, because when Pete kept me off commentary for another player, I didn't get the chance to stand aside him. He had to like, you know, I got kicked off. I was like behind the goal. I was like, I'll see you later then. But then he got he got him his players there. <laughs> I was like, how dare you? I might have to start supporting Shields and then at least Chris will look after me. <laughs> you, you, would, you wouldn't have him on, Chris. <laughs> but anyway, um, the other thing I was going to say, Chris, to you is a thank you for sharing our, our Worthing podcast, Rebel Yell, on your your, your podcast and will return the favour next time yours is out. You're welcome. I mean, for, as far as we are concerned, you know, there's a bit of a kind of unofficial sort of kinship really uh, stemming from... Uh, Null and void. Null and void. You know, um, we we look out for your... I mean, on Saturday, um, my son Matthew, who sits with us and he kind of gets scores up for us and just double checks little things. He very quickly said, you know, Worthen, Worthen have won 6-0, you know. And, and so it's it's um we take a keen interest in um in what you guys are doing because we feel that kinship with you. And if there's any justice in the world, we'll both get promoted come away. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. 
if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You know what? I do think it's a thing that we have mentioned it before. I do generally think if we do get promoted because of the way it's come about, if we both get promoted, I definitely think both clubs need to get in touch to try and arrange some sort of friendly maybe in the midlands somewhere or yep. you know somewhere between yeah. them because i think that'd yeah. be a quality way to put two two fingers up to all the people yeah. that screwed it Very over the true. first time so maybe yeah. uh pete we'll have to get on to barry about that and uh and also you get onto your commercials and you know your club chairman up there and yeah. try and sort something out um in the midlands yeah. i think you'd get quite yeah. a few fans yeah. going to that oh definitely if we were both were both successful we could get uh kevin and adam on the same podcast mm. i'd like that would be good Actually, speaking of one-off games and things, um, South Shields are also hosting a testimonial game on Sunday, May the 28th, I think it is, um, for John Cook, former Sunderland midfielder who became Sunderland's kit man for 20 years. And Sunderland made him redundant last year with nothing. Um, So... um, South Shields are hosting a testimonial form. Peter Reid is going to manage one team. Oh, um, players such as Niall Quinn, Lee Clark, Peter Beardsley, um, they're going to be turning out. And I'm told that um, Frank Bruno is going to be a co-commentator on the new Tannoy system. There's a new Tannoy system going into <laughs> the new stand. And I'm told Frank Bruno is going to be co-commentator. Can someone Frank please make him up? Oh, that'd be that'd be interesting to hear about. That'd be good. No, fair play to the and, club looking after him. Like and that. Um, and all, when you talk about getting Kevin on, um, I did, I did, um, I dined, kind of dined with him last Monday. Um, oh, oh, new manager friends up north. No, no. <laughs> the, the club had a night in the local Indian restaurant, Delhi Six, um, Indian restaurant, who whose team provided the um, corporate catering for the oh, yeah. last home game. So, um, and so we had the players, South Shields players were the waiters for the night. Oh, nice. In their, in their Shields kits. Well, they had tracksuit bottoms on, they weren't in shorts. Oh, did, you have, did you have all the women lecturing over them? Well, there was a few ladies came in that had a table booked and they couldn't believe their eyes. Um, <laughs> um, so it, it was excellent. The, the Shields players were waiters and bar staff and welcoming us at the door. And so the whole club was there, but it was a few people, I mean, the chairman wasn't there and a few others, but... We had a great night. Um, and it just, you know, having a, that again is just good PR from the club because to get Delhi Six, which is a very popular Indian restaurant, um, to become a, a kind of partner, if you like, um, and provide the food is excellent. No, sounds it. And now everyone loves a curry anyway, don't they? Um, the curry capital of the north or PA and yeah you were saying I remember you said that that's interesting mm-hmm. well, when we when we pay a visit you have to take us to that Delhi 6 or whatever it's called Certainly and, uh, go, and, go and have a look at that but um, talk- as, as we as we run about food did anybody see the Chinese in a box for a tenner the weekend I can't remember that wasn't the Reading one, was it? Because I've seen that before. It wasn't Reading City. I I've saw it. it. I can't remember. It was. It did look so good, I, though. I know Reading City Redding. had something similar. It might have been Reading City, yeah. Yeah. I, that's that's where I, I started, I started noticing that the food, yeah. But can you imagine eating that game <laughs> in the terrace? It's just such a weird thing. I mean, we'd be all right in the commentary booth, Pete, because we could just put it on the table and have a little sort of hors d'oeuvres, a little nibble feast up there between, <laughs> uh, between, between like, plays. But you know, I can't imagine sitting... 
sitting behind the goal and uh, like having a, a Chinese box there, just get rammed and beer all over it and everything. But, um, <laughs> but talking about behind the goal and you know between the goals, as uh, Trev quite rightly says, uh, it's been quite an interesting couple of weeks um, for us Worthing fans. Um, a 6-0 thrashing of the weekend over Wingate and Finchley. Um, a team that frustrated us Earlier on in the season, we still won away, but it wasn't. It was more of a tight game. But probably the worst team I've seen at Woodside Road this season, Pete, and that even has Leverhead there. And I thought Leverhead was slightly better than we beat them four 0 What did you What did you make of it, Ian? Well, the first the first few minutes, I thought they've come out to play here. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was, and they flashed one across the box, and you're like, oh, blimey, yeah. got away with one there. Um, and then. As the game went on, you could see that that was a mistake trying to go toe to toe with us. Yeah, and After we just out, we, didn't it? yeah we just kept op- opening them up quite easily. And the flick for the first goal by Ali Pierce was something joy to behold, wasn't it? Yeah, it was great it, interview to come kid. I think it was amazing. If you, if you haven't yeah, seen yeah. the highlights yet, go on Worthing FC's YouTube channel. Just see that first goal flick through to Callum Keeley. Amazing piece of skill. Yeah, and then we we just we just dominated the game after that, and it was just a case of how many will we score. We could have come around with you know nine or ten. Mm. Well, our supporters association chairman put in our little chat group after the game that he spoke to one of the Wingate players, and he the Wingate player was just like Jesus, what, what, literally like, you cannot play against that. Worthing were relentless. They literally mm. just ran out of fitness. They just showed the fitness is so much more. And it, as Pete said, it could have been more. Um, it was a great bounce back to our bogey team that we've had this season, Corinthian Casuals, which are kind of mid-table in our league, but they seem to always play against us and seem to get a result. We drew a frustrating 1-1. We're going one goal down, could have been two or three by half time, but managed to keep it one, uh, equalising very quick into the second half. But then it kind of drifted off again. It was, as, as I said um, on our podcast, um, King George's Fields, Corinthians ground, they share with Kingstonian. So we find ourselves going at least twice a season there. And I just hate the place. And I said to their, I think it was their media guy or one of their guys, he said, oh, good luck for the season. You'll be going up. And I said, mate, I love your club. I think they're a nice bunch of people. You're a nice bunch of fans, but I hate this place. You always, always frustrate us. And this place is hell to come and I hate it. And it's not the nicest of grounds anyway. You know, it's a, it's got a little feel, but um, Trev, have you been, you've been to King George's Field, haven't you? You've not, it's just, uh, I wouldn't choose to go if no, I was you. Never been. Gaz, have never you been. been up there? I've not been there, no. No, I don't. don't. I've been out at times and... <laughs> But it was like this season, Kingstonian, FA Cup, League, we've been there three times this season. And you're like, oh, not again, not again, not again. And it was just that pure frustration. But previous to that, after recording the PNLP last time, we beat our top of the table, well, one of the teams up and around there, Folkestone, we beat them convincingly with a bit of a fight at the end. And that was a massive, massive win for us. Um, But we've got a lot of, Teams coming up, haven't we, Peter? All around there, they're all around that top six, and we need. We've got an Enfield game at the end of this month. Enfield is second place at the moment, as Pete quite rightly said on our podcast, and I tend to agree. We win the matches. We got Merson this weekend, which we should win. We win that match against Enfield and Kingstonian coming up. I think, yeah, we, we, it's got, ours to lose. And we've also got the teams in third and fourth: Lewis and Bishop Storford <laughs> and Kingstonian. Have just signed Walter Figueroa, who has been at the game for a little bit, and he was awesome for Merson the other season when they got into the playoffs. He's a really, really, really tricky, tricky forward, stroke winger. So 
you know, Kingstonian probably signed him with probably because they're 13 points behind us, mm-hmm. but they've got two, a, a game in hand, but they're probably thinking more signing him to get into the playoff places. It hasn't been announced yet, though, but we've apparently signed one at least, at least one or two players. And we know one of the players because they were sitting in front of us at the weekend and we used our basically just, I'd say persuasion techniques, more like just irritating techniques. Just tell me the name, tell me the name, tell me the name, tell me the name. And uh, it's going to be a very good player from something higher, quite a couple of leagues higher up possibly. So that that may help us out to the end of the season when it's announced. They said it was announced on Monday, so I don't know why it's been not been announced yet. But hopefully it doesn't fall through because that would just be that extra with Callum Keeley staying on loan, that extra bit of excitement and muscle we need to get us into the National South, hopefully. What I would say, lads, is um, you talk about Enfielder in second, are they? Yeah. yeah. Just don't lose. That's what we said. <laughs> if we don't lose. The Enfield. Um, because clubs will drop points. Mm-hmm. Until you drop points against, that counts. We were saying in the bar at the weekend that Enfield apparently are notorious for dropping off at the end of the season. They always do quite well. And the last few seasons, they just seem to drop off at the end. So maybe that will work in our favour. Yeah, and that's what Shields, that was the Shields mantra on Saturday. Just don't lose to the team directly below you. And as we did that, the team directly above us lost to a last yeah. minute. So <clears throat> it's about it's about management now, game yeah. management, fixture management, league management. And um I'm, I fully expect Worthing to go up. Yeah. Well, results went our way. Some of the other results went our way this weekend, which was good. Um, national, na- national, uh, national. Sorry, Northern Premier League. Are they uh, have you got to play a lot of the teams around you yet, Chris? Well, yes, because the Matlock game was postponed, so we still got Matlock to play, who are above us. Mm-hmm. So now we've we we're, we're two points behind them in second place, mm-hmm. but with a game in hand. So we win that, we go top. So you play them, you don't lose. Um, so we've got Morpeth tomorrow, which is a massive, massive tough game. Then on Saturday at home to Aventon Collieries, which home to Aventon Collieries, you should win. So um, and then so so I'm I'm confident. I'm I'm confident now. Four weeks ago, I you know I said what I said, and and I really wasn't confident. But um, having seen what's happened over the last four weeks, um, we South Shields are better equipped than any other side better equipped and uh, yeah it'd be great to see both go up yeah they will what, what I was going to say Chris I don't know about South Shields squad from the Null and Void season but basically Worthing have kept it, you know the, the bulk of that team um, so so basically the lads have been there they know it's nice to be at the top they know it's yeah. like being chased so I think that that experience is going to stand them in good stead coming into the. Into I think the you're right. South Shields are slightly different. There's still a good core there, but there have been a lot of changes, and that was one of the things why probably we struggled a little bit early doors. Well, we had a great start, but we we kind of, we kind of hit the buffers in October because we've got a lot of inexperienced players brought in. So we've got young Bodenham at the back, who's now playing magnificently. But he's taken time to settle in. He's he's a young kid. He's come from Cardiff City. He's played under 23 football. He's come into a league like like no other. We've got kids like um, Will McGowan and and Connor T, who are, again, young lads. They've been to academies. So it's it's taken some of these lads a little bit of time 
we we were critical, but only because we expect, as a full-time club, we expect the supporters, Shields, to go and win the league fairly comfortably, maybe by six to nine points. I don't think that I don't think that's being that often much do you? <laughs> no, but it's not be it's not unreasonable for no, a club no, that's course, professional, yeah. is it? Yeah, you no, know, it's not in the part-time league, it's not it's not unreasonable to expect that of a full-time professional team. But of course, the recruitment was slightly different in that they brought the young kids in from the under-23 setups, and it's it, and they're playing men's football, and this is you know it's a tough, tough, tough league. But yeah. I can see these types of players really thriving in National League mode. I really can't. So it's a case of having to get out of there. So in answer to what Peace just said, yes, there is a good core. But the 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 good thing is in in the last two months, and we we'll have to th- you know Graham Fenton was a big part of it. Um, the signing of JJ Hooper, Cedric Main, you know, um, experienced players who were helping these younger lads. So that's uh, yeah, we're in a good place. Do you, do you do you think I was going to say was um, I don't know about up in the north, Chris, but in our league at the moment there's. Uh, a lot of clubs are signing players left, right, and centre. Mm. I've got the, the feed on on my Facebook page, and you see so and so signed so and so. And is is there a lot of um, signings up in your league where clubs are sort of going for one last tilt yeah. to getting in yeah. the playoffs? So Buxton, for instance, who we played on Saturday, they've re- recently signed Jason Gilchrist, who was a South Shields player last season. He went to York, didn't work out. He's now signed for Buxton. Um, it's like kind of last throws of the dice, isn't it? Um, but I think uh, it's, a, it's a difficult time for players you know, to come in, if, to learn new systems and to try and give a, a new club a real boost, a shot in the arm. It's a lot to ask, um, particularly if you are learning new systems. So um, these are always chancy types of deals are they deals with a view to next season already you know if we don't get it this time let's get business done so we can look at next season but i think in terms of people like buxton and, and, and matlock they're still going for the title and um this you know they're, they're still signing players i don't i can't see south shields business is done I, I'd, I'd be very very shocked if we brought anyone else in now business is done injuries are just about healed um and we've got a, an just about a full squad to choose from so there's enough there and I'm confident that um, with 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 it, the, the new manager effect um, that it's there or thereabouts I think I think Shields and and Worthing will be fine well looking talking about transfers um, I think one we've got to touch on because it's been since the last episode is this Ollie Tanner Malarkey and episode that's been going on. He plays for Lewis in step three, which is obviously Worthing's division. Uh, scored an absolute worldie against um, Worthing earlier in the season. Again, have a look, just have a Google on uh, YouTube or whatever. You'll see the goal. Um, he's, he's apparently turned down Spurs. Now, that's, I'm not being funny. Like, you know, as we, we won Trevor all the time. And my brother-in-law, I'm not a fan of Spurs. I don't like Spurs, but you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> Why would you turn Spurs down even to go to under 23? Because he'll be on decent money. He'll be on all that. There's well, some, I mean, they, un- they unveiled all those tweets, didn't they, apparently, of him slagging Spurs off. But surely that's not the reason it didn't happen because there were other clubs interested. What's no, gone on I, there? I think um, 
what did Spurs offer him? That's the first question I would ask. I had a conversation with Graham Fenton before Christmas. There were players that left Shields because Shields had gone full-time and the wages that South Shields are paying full-timers um, is these the lads who left earn more money by playing part-time and working. So what did Spurs offer him? That, that would be my question. Yeah, God knows. I mean, I, I just, I don't know, like, because it, it was also Brighton as well. It's It just, to me, just doesn't sit right. I mean, I know, Gaz, you said something, didn't you? I think in our chat, you, you thought it was a bit weird. Yeah, I just think he's, what, 19 years old. For me, the under-23s at Spurs is better than in five years' time still be stuck in step three. Obviously, it's every boy's dream is to become a professional footballer. The Spurs are offering you, like, Offering you, it doesn't matter what they're offering you. I would still, I would, I would, I, I would at his age, if I had the talent that he had, have taken it because any coaching from the Premier League is 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 good mm-hmm. coaching. It doesn't matter where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a Man United fan. If Liverpool come in for me at the age of 19 years old, I'm telling you now, I'd have signed for Liverpool. Wait, wait till Worthing on. Wait till Worthing so unveil him. Wait till Worthing unveil him in two weeks' time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What yeah, I would do, what, and this just goes back to what we said about what I've said in previous podcasts about like academies and under twenty three systems. He'll probably get a better footballing um, education in terms of physicality in non league yeah. than he would if play for Tottenham's under twenty three. I agree, but I agree. But what if no one ever comes back in for him again? I will. He, if he's, if he's good enough, if he's good, time, enough, if he's good enough, others are being for him. Simple as that. Yeah, no, I, from, I appreciate what, that. But in, ten, in ten years' time, go on. I'll say go from on. what I, from what yeah, I've read, on. from what Tony Russell and Joe Vines, the the Lewis um, management pair, and Stuart Fuller's column um, that was in the non-league paper yesterday as well. From 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 just to back up what Chris has said as well, I think he's actually chosen a better route that some of these other kids that have come out of academies um, and stuff have chosen. I mean, I can mm. pick out um, few how many about three months ago. No, uh, yeah, maybe yeah, maybe two or three months ago, Barnett picked up uh, Ryan De Havilland. Um, he's appeared on the bench once once for us. So far, he's been out on loan. To clubs in the um, southern southern league at step three, so I was questioning, why the hell have we signed him? Yeah. You know, we need players here and now. We're not quite out of that depth of of, of um, you know needing to think we're safe. And um, when I asked Dave Anderson about it, he said we've signed him for next season. He's come out of an academy, you know, under twenty three football as well played nothing sensible we've sent him out on loan to get some match pra- practice to beef himself up and he's got a program so that he's going actually going to be ready to play national league football next year that's how pampered yeah. all of these mm. flipping players are at 23 and an academy that don't understand how to play football and the fact that we've I, I understand him, I understand everything I've I just finished. think <laughs> oh. <laughs> and the, and never have that's the problem and the, uh, and, calm and down the fact, and the fact we've had to sign him <laughs> And then pay his wages to send him out somewhere else for him to get some decent football is is stupid, yeah. really is. But you know, um, 
from 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 what I can read, Spurs made an offer. He wasn't keen with it. Brighton's offer was a joke, apparently. Um, Spurs was the only one that came that 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 they actually accepted. Although they've said they've had scouts watching, you know, all year through from the Premier League. Yeah. Do we reckon he'll be gone at the end of the season? Huh? Do you reckon he'll be gone at the end of the season? Uh, I don't know. I think he's contracted. He's contracted on... for two years. I think. Yeah. But do you reckon now someone sign him in the summer? I Again, guess it depends I on what it, happens with Lewis and their Yeah, promotions. it depends what the offer is. I mean, maybe if it's not a premiership club, it's it's a championship or a league one. You know, somewhere, I'll tell you what would be ideal for him would be Peterborough United. No, Charlton Athletic, mate. No, Peterborough. <laughs> Peterborough sign yeah. players yeah. from lower league clubs. They look after them. They nurture or Brentford them. Brentford even. They play the yeah, Brentford. They play them. Brentford use their B side though. Peterborough sign them, look after them, put them in a put them in a way um, that they can develop. But at the same time, they look after the club that they bought them from as well. You know, there'll be a sell-on fee. There'll probably be a pre-season friendly. We had it with Jack Taylor at Barnet. Um, they signed him for half a million, and then we had various clauses in there that Barra put based on mm-hmm. uh, international appearances and, and stuff yeah. like that. One of them, they bombed out because we had one of their players on loan this year. He's turned out to be a bit of a letdown. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he could do far worse. It'd be interesting. Well, we, I mean, we've got uh, we've got the promotion ambition and they've got an ambition. And Obviously, David Blackmore said last, last episode that he expects to see another two Sussex derbies for his side next season. So he's fully rooting for Lewis, whether that's just because he wants another Sussex derby or whether they will get there. Uh, I think they've got a chance. They have got a good chance. So they, they've had a little hiccup, but all sides have hiccups um, to go into that National South. Pete, uh, you, you got anything to say about the National South? I was surprised that Dorking losing at home the weekend against... Oh, to uh, Tunbridge, yeah. To, to Tunbridge. That, that, was, that, that was a bit of a surprise for me. Um, and they, I think they go to Oxford City this week as well or all the weekend. So that's going to be another tough one because they're in third. As Mark, as Mark said, though, Pete, you know, when you win 10 games in a row, that target on your back gets bigger and bigger and bigger until someone smashes it. Well, it's like us at Worthy. It's like the FA Cup final. So it's like Shields. Every team that play them is the mm-hmm. cup final. I mean, mm-hmm. as Pete said, Enfield are second in the league right now. But when they drew with us, when they, they've been probably the best second team in the seat at this season. But when they drew with us away at the game earlier in the year, they were celebrating like they won the title almost. <laughs> is that a thing? Mm-hmm. But Dorking are playing yeah. brilliantly right now. And do you think, do you fully think, gonna, gonna, do you think this is going to be promotion? Yeah, I think so. Maidstone so. look like the only ones that are going to match them. They're 12 unbeaten at the moment. Um, mm. And they play each other, I think, in two weeks' time. I think the same day Worthing have got Enfield. I think it's Dorking, Maidstone. So you think it'll be Dorking and Maidstone get promoted next year, would you reckon? Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, the playoff bit underneath them is a bit tough. I mean, M- Ebsfleet had a great run and then wobbled against Dorking, Dartford and um, Maidstone in a week. You've got Oxford City are still up there. St Albans have got games in hand. Um, Hungerford are knocking on the door for the playoffs. Eastbourne Borough are knocking on the door for the playoffs. Um, and you've got Dartford are still just about hanging on in there as well. And I think Chippenham are yeah. up there as well. So, oh, Ricky Aguirre yeah. smashing it up. Yeah, there. he didn't play Saturday, though. So I don't know if he's gone back to Swindon. You reckon maybe? Possibly, yeah. playing really well, yeah. Yeah, but no, it's a good race. It's a good race. 
I mean, it'll be. I think you need to see how Dorking uh, bounce back this weekend. Again, they're playing a real way to Bath this weekend, so we no, see how they bounce. Man. Well, I could imagine huh? Dorking. Dorking must have been odds on the weekend because Tombridge are not doing great. great well, we smashed them pre-season. They were awful. We uh, did. Uh, we did. Absolutely. Boy, awful. you leave McKim's boys alone. <laughs> oh, just because he's your friend. <laughs> yeah, but I'm quite I'm quite surprised at St Albans City because when we went there in the FA Cup a couple of seasons ago, they weren't very good at all. Have they changed their manager, Trevor? Do you know? No, it's still Ian Allenson. It's still it's still here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, and it's surprising to me because their, their football, I thought, was was poor. The players. Well, I've, I've watched them against Boreham Wood in the second round. I think it was of the FA Cup. Um. And they were tight, they were compact, and it took Wood a little while to break them down. I think they're just very well organised. I don't, I don't think they tend to score a lot, um, and I don't concede very many. They're just, he's just got a team that is quite well organised. I think that's that's that you know that is just their ethos. Yeah, well, they scored thirty-eight in twenty-one. So like mm, saying, not, 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 yeah, not a great amount. When you see like some of them are smashing like Dorking have Maidstone, um, you know, smash goals in for fun this year. Yeah, we're yeah. Dorking and Mars ahead on 63. Mm. No, no, it's going to be an interesting run. I mean, it's a shame because I'd quite like to play Dorking next season if we get promoted because I do like the ground going there. Um, nice club, nice setup, and I'd like to play Maidstone as well. But we'll wait and see. We have got to get there first. So let's not, mm. let's not jump ahead. Of just, the a quick, just a quick one. Um, we've talked in the past of getting, about giving value to, to fans and that sort of thing. Dorking are doing a four-game pass. It's four games, 40 quid, any of the last home games of the season. That's good. Uh, mm. Yeah. Adult, I think adults is 40 quid. Concessions are 28 and under 18s is 12 quid for the last four games. Not bad, is it? Very no, good. You'll get more fans either. Of course you will. Yeah. There you go. That's interesting. Yeah, sorry. No, that's all right. Um, going to staying down south, I've seen um, ex-Leverhead manager Nicky Ball has um, become Guildford City's new manager and he wants to try and bring them back up the leagues to glory. Um, I've not really had any experience at Guildford City. I know uh, Trev and Gaz being the southern sort of uh, sort of smaller club things. Have you ever seen them play or have much experience with them? No, nothing. Oh. Nothing at all. Nothing. But um, I, I was re- I, no, I was reading that they were a reform of a club that folded mm. in the sort of seventies or something like that. So you know, there are a few leagues below where we are now. But you know, Guildford's a big town. It was big city. It's a city actually. Guildford's a big yeah. uh, city. I, I I know Guildford very well from my college days, and uh, it's it's a good place. So, I mean, it'd be interesting to see how he does. But he didn't really do great with Leverhead because Leverhead have been punching above their weight in the league for very very long. And I think sadly it might be the end of their time in the Isthmian Premier. Um, as we said, I think they're just uh, kicking above at that price. <laughs> I think if you look at, like you said in the report, though, like you know, he's, I think he's had what he's had three three jobs only Nicky Ball, and they've all been at clubs where they've had financial problems, where he's not been given a budget to like you know build a decent squad or whatever. So it might be his first opportunity to actually you know put something together um, at the right end of the table instead of sort of like the bottom and just trying to stay afloat. It would be, it'd be interesting to see what he does there because, you know, Leverhead, you know, I like Leverhead. They're a nice enough club, but they're just not great, are they? But hey-ho, we'll see what he does. Um, guys, we're coming to the end of this week's uh, recording. Have we got any uh, bits to shout? I know uh, Pete's got something to say. Trev's got something to say. I was just <laughs> going to... got something to say. Gaz's got something to say. <laughs> I, I was just going to quickly mention, obviously, of, in, of interest to us in the South is the Southern League Premier, which is equivalent to our 
our league. Uh, Banbury United now 14 points clear with, with 12 to go. So I think they're pretty nailed on. And I'm pretty sure that Banbury will be in the, the National League South because of where they are, because it's by Oxford. Because mm. I, know, I know Kidderminster are in the North League, which surprises me because they're south of Birmingham, but that, that, that is a surprise. So Bam, Banbury look like they're absolutely nailed on promotion. They've got held the weekend by Bromsgrove. I guess it depends on the split, doesn't it? And they, sometimes yeah. those Midlands clubs yeah. are sort of yeah, but bit, what, they what, sometimes what, south or north. Yeah. But what, what happens, right, um, is two teams from the, say, National League, National League North go down, and then, and then only one from the the other leagues go up. Then some of those did, Midlands would, clubs get would, moved would around. Would possibly. that start having to move teams around? Yeah, yeah, they would laterally yeah. move the the closest southern club into the National League South. Yeah, so I mean, this year someone... there's only one club being relegated from the National League North that I know of. Yeah. Um, so in this, there's, there's, there's all the six promotion spots, isn't there, from our step? Um, no, 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 more. Because you know, there's eight, eight, I think, because yeah. you've got the Ishmian, our league, you've got the Southern League, Southern League, South and Central, yeah. Central. So mm. there's eight spots, and I think there's, so there's going to be two relegated clubs this year, but eight go up to, to try and get things leveled, something yeah. like that. Mm. The, um, it's, it's always going to be interesting it's like I know when Met Police were moved across from Ireland yeah and, and Harrow Borough as well yeah yeah, and they were, they were pretty annoyed because they're all the sort of teams in the southwest and their journey distance is getting more but uh, you, you sometimes wonder like, why we've got teams like Brightling City in our league when they could be probably uh in the yeah. sort of Midlands or centrally, but that's the way it works. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't affect us too much. I can't see Worthing being in the National North. Um, if that ever happens, I'd like to hope <laughs> not anyway. Because, well, saying that every club from us is North, to be honest. Yeah, yeah there's no way we're going to be in the Northern League. <laughs> no, exactly. Pete, you had something to say as well. Um, well, the other the the league, the, the, the other Southern League, uh, at our level is being led by Farnborough. By, by a couple of points. Hazen Yedding second, Met Police third. So, Hazen Yedding got a goal in a game in hand, though, haven't they, I think? Yeah, so Farnborough's not too far for us if they get promoted. Yeah, mm. yeah. no, it's yeah. not too bad. Not uh, Go go to Costco after, get some yeah. crate of beers. I, and... yeah, I can I can cope with Hazen Yedding or Met Police. That's, that's no, not that ground at Hazen Yedding, as long as they connect their water about. Maybe yeah. they'll give us our blimmin' stand yeah. back, Pete, that they're not replying I, to the emails yeah, for. That's true. I'd prefer Gosport Borough, though. <laughs> Not bad. Uh, yeah, it's quite a Southampton way, isn't it? Um, Chris, you had something to add? Yeah, shout out for Billingham Synthonia. Um, a big name in the northeast of England. Huge history in the Northern League, um, which is uh, step five, I think. So I think I'll get confused. But um, uh, Billingham have they've lost their main sources of funding in terms of sponsorship. There's, crowd, there's a crowdfunder being set up. Uh, to try and keep them going, it would be a travesty. It would be tragic if Billingham Synthonia Football Club was lost to the game of football. Um, they were, I mean, when I was a kid, um, they were they dominated the, the Northern League for several years. Great, great side. So big shout out to them. If anybody 
wants to have a look at the situation. They're on the, the, the have a GoFundMe crowdfunding page. Um, but just to just look them up, give them a shout out because um, it would be a tra- it would be tragic for non-league football if a club like Billingham Synthonia had to go out of business. Well, God, God, otherwise known as Brian Clough started started there. Yeah, huge. <laughs> I mean, they were. In the late 80s, very late 80s and very early 90s, dominated the Northern League. I mean, and remember the Northern League, not the Northern Premier League, the Northern League, were asked to be the main, the main feeder into the new, what became conference. So the, the, the Alliance Premier that it was, which became the conference, the Northern League, were, um, the Northern League were asked to be the main feeder. And the um, prehistoric league management committee at that time turned it down. That surprises me. So, so you know, so and Billingham Synthonia were huge. So we really, really need them to stay in business. Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers yeah. crossed. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll keep them attracted uh, like that. But I'm sure someone will come, hopefully, and save them if this thing like that. So fingers crossed, Trev. Yeah. Trevor. Um, yeah, I've got two. Um, Hastings United, Sam Adams played his 600th game uh, for them at the weekend, scored twice. Um, and mm-hmm. then Sonny Miles, the skipper at Tunbridge, made his 377th league start for Tunbridge Angels on Saturday um, at Dorking. That was a club record for the most league starts in an Angel shirt. And massive figures really are. Fantastic. Mm. Don't get a lot of that these days, do you? No. <laughs> I'm going to add to that. If you look at you know non-league, uh, Buxton had Jamie Ward playing for them on Saturday. Jamie was at Aston Villa for a long time and, and various other football league clubs, but at the age of 35, he's still playing at Buxton, putting something back into the game. Um, Ryan Taylor is there as well, former Newcastle. So big up to these, these lads who are you know still playing. It, it, it would be great to see more stay in the game in, in non-league because it, it just, like the Julio Arca effect at South Shields a few years ago, it really makes a massive difference to a lot of young kids. Yeah, yeah quite agree. There we go. So, chaps, some interesting games and going ahead for us as football fans in the next coming couple of weeks. Uh, Trev, the ongoing Barnet saga, hopefully we'll have a conclusion mm-hmm. By the time we next thing, or it could still be going on, which probably would surprise none oh, of us. Flipping hope not. No, Pete, <laughs> hopefully we will be a little bit more comfortable at the top and maybe results go away. Because I think this weekend we said we've got uh, Merstham and uh, the games around us uh, hopefully could cause some positivity for us and points because their teams are playing each other. Yes, yeah, uh, Sh- Shields have got some big games, you said, coming up. Gaz, are you going to any football? You haven't been to many lately. I don't think uh, it's a work. I, uh, the last game I went to was uh, Lewis versus Prey. Yeah. And um, this was very good. And then um, I, I'm off to Eastbourne Borough tomorrow with Trev. Eastbourne Borough versus Tunbridge Angels. Are you going to go see David? Yes, guests of David we are tomorrow night. Oh, thanks for our, where, where was our invite, Pete? See that? Do you know what I mean? Well, I think you're... Gar- you Gareth, like you're, Gareth couldn't you're, even be bothered to turn up to the last podcast when we interviewed him and he's getting you a VIP treatment. Jesus. I turned up with the, I turned up for the last 15 minutes. Thank you yeah, very exactly. much. exactly. After David had gone. <laughs> well, I'll get to meet him tomorrow then, won't I? Oh, well, yeah, yeah. well, you could be new friends. But there we go. Um, Pete, it's going to be an exciting time running for us and hopefully 
Oh, we're just getting so nervous. Getting to the business end now of the season for us. And, you know, um, obviously I know Gaz and Trevor are uh, working fans here and they want the promotion. Uh, mind the gap over Bogner, which is always good. Um, anything else, guys, before we sign off for the night? That's it for I've just me. got one quick thing just to end on something lighthearted. Uh, Sunday League goalkeeper Dominic Bonney of Lee United in, in Lancashire scored a 96-minute overhead kick oh. um, to, in, a, in a local derby to finish against the field. Manager was telling him to get back. There's a video of it. I'll try and find oh, it. Was that, it was that the one that was social. going viral, like proper like Sunday League side? Yeah, yeah, it went proper it viral. Um, but it, it's... Um, it's just nice to see that even Sunday League, I heard it on TalkSport, I think, so I think even yeah. Sunday League's starting to get a little bit there more. There we go, and that's what we like to see. A bit more, a bit yeah. more, a uh, bit more of sort of highlight, and you know, I think non-league's getting bigger and bigger, and hopefully it doesn't ever get commercialised, because that's the reason why we love it. But from us all at the PNLP, and uh, everyone listening, I wish you a safe and pleasant evening, and uh, we're, we always say, we'll be seeing you. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.